Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hello and welcome to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined today by Noah. Hey, y'all. And Lou. Hey, guys. Now, here on Punching Out, we talk a lot about um, corporations and companies and entities that are bad. We All of them. Yeah. Mo- <laughs> Short most, answer. Most organizations we talk about on this show are bad. We're talking about them because they're bad. But we do need to take some time here to talk about one that is good, talking about the fine people at Wayo, this radio station, who are in the middle of their fundraiser for the year, for 2019. They're trying to get $25,000 of new donations for 2020. That money goes towards making shows like Punching Out possible. They have this fine uh, studio space that we've taken advantage of for more than two years now. They've been very good to us here at uh, Wayo. Um, can't say enough nice things about them. Yeah, no, Wayo is great. It's a great community space for for people in Rochester and around Rochester to um, express themselves in ways that uh, normally you wouldn't be able to, able to do because uh, capitalism sucks, guys. It really does. It's no fun. Um, but since we do still live in a society, um, <laughs> we still have to have money um, in order to function and make sure that there is a space for voices that otherwise would not be heard. Some, some of you listeners who listen to Punching Out might only listen to Punching Out, but Wayo has over 100 different shows on each week, and uh, those are made possible by over 250 unpaid volunteers, which is you know an incredible amount of people from the Rochester area helping make local radio happen. And if you would like to contribute, you can do so at donate.wayofm.org, which is... Um, you know, easy to use. There are great perks, which we can get into perhaps later in this episode as we uh, re- continue to remind you to donate at donate.wayofm.org. Give us your money. Well, Please. Give, give Wayo your money, not us. <laughs> All right. Now, we promised you bad companies, and uh, boy, do we have one. It's a doozy. Oh, do it, it, boy, do we it's ever. It's real bad. Uh, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about WeWork. Th- yeah. That's the company name. That That's a trademark name well, right there. Per Wikipedia, they are officially the We Company. And the word We is trademark now. That's special. Now, most of you will be like me, I think, and not knowing what exactly WeWork does because I didn't know what they did until like a week ago. I'd seen their name and headlines, and they seemed vaguely bad, but I couldn't quite explain what they do. It's, what is it they do? Well, yeah, but it just it seems and it just feels like a very nonsensical thing that they're just a pretend company. They might be. I, I know that ultimately. this – I mean, they are, but um, – Ultimately, it's very Orwellian in the original sense. Like it, it takes language to sort of um, do the opposite of what it's supposed to, and and reshape your thought about it. WeWork does what's called co-working, which you might be also wondering. Seems like BS. Uh, co-workers who has them anyway <laughs> but no it, it seems like isn't that the thing we do at our jobs but no what they mean by co-working is that you get this building where you essentially rent like the right to work in it so okay. if you're a freelancer or a telecommuter somebody who works from home somebody who might travel a bunch and mm-hmm. and you might have a lot of different locations that you go to so you rent this place and you work with people who work for other companies and you all share a workspace. You might share, depending on the location that you're in, you might share a kitchen, you share receptionist services, UPS delivery, that kind of thing. And the idea is just supposed to be like, instead of having a permanent office, I guess, uh, which the rents for are usually too damn high, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you instead share a smaller space with a bunch of other people. You all get to save money and the company gets to make a bunch of it. It's it's the college dorm version of office space. No, no, no. That's we live. Oh. <laughs> We're getting we'll ahead get of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so basically, they're a landlord. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're glorified a giant landlord. office but, uh, landlord. They do not like being called a real estate company, which they is are. what they are. But they're very insistent that they be thought of as a tech company because tech is w- sexy. Where does tech come into it? Um, Ooh, they, they probably use like a website to get your rent. Incredible. That's um, a good and, question. And there's like computers in places, but it's you know what it is. It's that real estate is stayed. You know, mm-hmm. right? It's it's you you mentioned a real estate company and people's reference is going to be like. I mean, I don't know how current it's going to be for a lot of people, but like Al Pacino and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You mentioned you're a tech company, and I know we say this all the time on the show, but it is true. Like, I think a lot of these guys, especially uh, younger executives, like a certain person we're going to get into pretty soon here. Um, they're going to think, oh, if we're a tech company, you know, that's that's new, that's disruptive. Yeah. That's it's it's a mindset thing. That's that's precisely the word is is the disruptive bit. It's they're they're trying to model themselves not after uh, any kind of normal like landholding company, real estate organization, or or anybody who just owns a building. They're trying to be innovative and quick and, and, and give the implication that they're uh, quick to react to market forces and uh, flexible. Flexible disruptors, like all these crazy, stupid words uh, that that are just supposed to, like they're like breadcrumbs to pigeons in the air for for venture capitalists. And be like, give me money because we're tech. Like that's what those words are supposed to do. And and that flexibility and the disruption in particular are not only something that we work symbolizes, but something that it is. Uh, sort of trying to instill in its customer base and explicitly something that they're sort of trying to push as a cultural value that that we all need to do that. Like um, I'm reading here from, well, WeWork's own. But just before we get into all that, we should say, why have they been in the news lately? Oh, good oh, point. Oh, boy. <laughs> Forgot about yeah. that part. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> who's, uh, who wants this one? So we work more like we broke. Um, episode title thank you roll credits (laughs) roll credits Uh, they they're in trouble so they tried to go public a few months back so rather like a month back or something right they tried to do an IPO you know put their shares out on the market become a publicly held company yep so put it on their big boy pants that's what they were trying to do. Is put on the big boy pants. And they had the worst IPO in the history of the American stock market, if I remember correctly. Is that good? Uh, <laughs> I think. Well, it is. Uh, we're, we're going to get into stellar. that. But basically, what happened is they they filed for the IPO and they had to file paperwork with the Securities and Exchange Commission mm-hmm. in order to do it. And surprisingly, the SEC kind of did its job for yeah. a change. Hey. And, and shout out to the SEC. Uh, I, <laughs> I guess the CEO must have made contributions to a Democratic presidential candidate or something. Uh. Um, and it was Yang. But anyway, <laughs> so they released all this paperwork for, for people to peruse, which I think they normally have to do. But basically, mm-hmm. it was extremely clear. The company was valuing itself at $47 billion. And as far as anybody who looked at the paperwork can tell, how – Mm-hmm. There, there's no – the metrics that they're using and the the way that they're reaching that figure was um, I, I fraudulent. Distinct, yeah, I distinctly remember coming across a detail that uh, after like two years of operating at a location, they stopped taking into account uh, the marketing, marketing and, and sales yes. expenses for that location. Oh, that's amazing. And they also do uh, – right now I am quoting from – the article, so how much is WeWork spending on kombucha taps as it hemorrhages billions? <laughs> this is by Victoria Song. It's in Gizmodo. For instance, WeWork likes to use the dubious metric community-adjusted EBIDTA, which is basically a fancy made-up term to say it subtracts interest, taxes, deprecation and amortization, marketing expenses, general and administrative costs, development, and design costs from its losses. So all your non-revenue-generating costs. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, those, basically, those aren't actual costs. They're just they don't exist. That's what they are, apparently. And and supposedly, this is written somewhat ambiguously, but according to another report, that might also explain tenant feeds, rent expenses, staffing, facilities, and uh, and facilities management. So, All what the hell is left? Yeah. Well, even then, like according to that crazy accounting, they were still reporting like four billion in revenue. And reporting three point nine billion or something like that in costs and in, loss in twenty nineteen, which is astounding. 
In 2019, they the, the revenue was 1.5 billion. They lost nearly 700 million of that, mm-hmm. and that that was the best they've done right. in four years. Like it, this company is run on like like that three step model where like the third one or four step model where the third one is is question marks. <laughs> like there's no. This is a black box of right. uh, math, basically, right. or financial math. And they've gotten away with it up until now, uh, even as other co-working companies sort of sprout up around it. And I'm guessing are waiting like sharks for this to go wrong, and it did. Um, and what's happened now is that, well, so there's a, a Japanese bank, SoftBank, that already owned something like a third of the Wii company. And after this IPO went so disastrously, they basically uh, Goldman Sachs their way into the boardroom mm-hmm. and demanded, you know, what are you going to do to make this right? And in the end, what they've done is they've poured billions of their own money into the company. So now they own 80% of it. They've spent something like $18 billion on a company they now value at $8 billion, which yep. is always Amazing. a thing you want to do. It's great. Good economics. So now they own 80% of this company. Um, they've finally got in the CEO, or he was chairman by then, but mm-hmm. they've gotten him to step aside as that, and they're bringing in the guy who used to run Sprint. Okay. And, um, yeah, like, it's, they, they now own the majority of the company, and theoretically, they're going to turn it around, but it looks like, you know, the right now, the company, stock-wise, is toxic, and many of its employees who got a bunch of their compensation and stock options, those are now completely underwater. So mm-hmm. even in this, they managed to find a way to, you know, I, I guess it's not so much we work. Right. The, now, why are we talking about this on a show about work other than the fact that their name is WeWork? Because <laughs> that's dumb. Yeah. yeah. That's not what it's. This is the most 2019. 29- teen story to have happened so far this year it's everything we've been talking about for the past few months um a crazy ceo who we'll get to later uh the gig economy um fraudulent industry basically mm-hmm. this is like a fire festival in, in a company <laughs> as far as i can tell that's a really good simile <laughs> like it's just it's a gar- it's it's awful and and it's uh hilarious if it weren't so sad so so you're saying we work as 2019's hottest new corp it's got everything <laughs> It really does. It, it does, though, because it's uh, – we were talking about this off air before mm-hmm. we started recording, but it, you have had a number of companies that have taken advantage of the crappy climate that we have right now for the rights of workers. So Uber, Lyft, Amazon, all of these companies, they've either taken advantage of it or they've sort of tried to kind of uh, punch through the last remaining protections. But – it, from their own words, it would honestly seem that WeWork is trying to weaponize the gig economy mm-hmm. into like something like a cultural revolution. Uh, they're they're trying to make it. Uh, they're they're trying to succeed. Where let me put it this way: they're trying to make it that Fiverr walked so that they could run. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's this push to explain away uh, what a hellscape it is that you can't have an office or that you can't. You know choose where you work and that kind of thing. That you have to work for five different companies to make mm-hmm. a barely a living. Mm-hmm. That you as a consultant make no money while some of these guys as consultants earn fees from the company that they work for already, uh, which is another thing. SoftBank is paying the chairman that they kicked out $158 million in consulting fees. And you'll remember we talked about these kinds of fees when we were talking about private equity companies. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that's in here. All of those tactics, you see them pop up here again. Total, he got like $1.7 billion to leave the company. Mm -hmm. And then there were headlines just a couple days later that uh, we were postponing layoffs because it can't afford severance pay. So, I mean, severance pay for me, but not for thee. Yeah. Also, how how messed up is it that that is almost – I'm not going to say it's better – but it's somehow like less hellish than a lot of other companies that just don't care. Right. You know, like they just they, – they kick the workers out the door whether they can afford it or not. Speaking of uh, layoffs at WeWork though, I, there's this bit in a Vanity Fair article that I, I just need to get to. Um, uh, quote, a few weeks after Mr. Newman fired 7% of the staff in 2016, he somberly addressed the issue at an evening all-hands meeting at headquarters telling attendees the move was – 
tough but necessary to cut costs, and the company would be better because of it. Standard stuff. And and I would invite you, if you're listening to this, to guess what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> then employees carrying trays of plastic shot glasses filled with tequila came into the room, followed by toasts and drinks. Soon after, Daryl McDaniels of hip-hop group Run DMC entered the room, oh embraced Mr. Newman, and played a set for the staff. Workers danced to the 1980s hit It's Tricky as the tequila trays made more rounds. Oh Some others, God. still focused on the firings, say they were stunned and confused. Uh, I, I'm betting you a good portion of those workers weren't even alive when that song came out. <laughs> like, this is beyond parody. It, it's, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing to be said about it because this is, I, okay, uh, there's a, this is a pet peeve of mine. Um, and, and I'm going to go back to this wall a couple times throughout this episode. But the fact that we are telling you about this, the fact that this happened mm-hmm. on our watch as like human beings that are alive right now mm-hmm. should reflect badly on all of us. Like, honestly, yeah. we should all feel guilty that everything we are telling you right now is being allowed to happen. I, my biggest question is, what are you doing, DMC? <laughs> <laughs> what are you hey, doing? man. DMC has been on like every VH1. I love the insert decade here shows. Okay, like I don't think that I don't think he's. But uh, aside from him, this is very much in. We work is based in New York City, I believe, but this is a very Silicon Valley move. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. If there are no's and the you know, uh, can't touch this. Okay, we have to make some cuts. You're not going to get paid, but we have a ping pong table. We have <laughs> a DMC concert. We have kombucha we taps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. It, it really does remind me of the of the Theranos scene where uh, Elizabeth Holmes and her uh, CFO or whatever he was come out and kind of tell everybody like uh, the Wall Street Journal is hunting us down, but we're gonna take the fight to them and we're gonna win and blah blah blah. And then they played "Can't Touch This" because for some reason all of these tech CEOs are obsessed with this era of hip hop. Mm-hmm. I have no. It's probably all their parents no would let them listen to. <laughs> Now there's layers to WeWork because ah. in addition to having employees of its own, it obviously it has a lot of real estate and mm-hmm. its whole thing is having places where other people work, people who don't work directly for WeWork, but instead work for this. Ugh. So themselves. it's really they work yeah. is what yes. you're saying <laughs> or y'all work. We'll call them they workers. They Just to ease the confusion. We workers versus they workers. Um, uh. Us workers And this is a headline from... I think earlier this month, in New Headache, WeWork says it found cancer-causing chemical in its phone booths. Neat. Yeah. Now, phone booths, you might think of as a thing of the past, but in these open office places, you need these quiet settings where you can have a phone call. And apparently for some of the people that, uh, for some of the day workers, um, those are the few places that they can go to have a quiet spot, right. even if it's not for a phone call. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's literally just they go in there to have the quiet that they could otherwise have, you know, working at home. Or maybe they can't, whatever. Um, but apparently it turned out that something like 2,000 of their I, phone I booths? I have the number. It has closed about 2,300 phone booths at some of its 223 sites in the U.S. and Canada after it says it discovered elevated levels of formaldehyde. So they were embalming their, <laughs> their coworkers or whatever. Keeping them young. Yeah, you know, that that's what's important. Right? They won't age hey. out of you know the uh, young, youthful, energetic phase. If- right. As WeWork said in their own mission statement page, desired traits in businesses are now adaptability, initiative, and creativity. In order to swim, one must avoid sinking. The American worker has to find alternative ways to create success, both financially and personally. And I think it's very much a personal success if you are – Embalmed from the inside out. <laughs> Embalmed alive. Yeah. I uh, can't wait. Uh, so much Death fun. becomes her as a company. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that's the kind of thing we're talking about. We're talking about a company that lays off workers and then, quote unquote, celebrates it with a Run DMC concert. <laughs> yeah. Um, a company that puts kombucha taps in some of its locations but then can't ensure that the phone booths that it installs are not – in fact, laced with embalming <laughs> fluid. Yeah. Right. Because this is all what millennials want. 
This is like this is the target audience is millennials I mean, who like this kind of flexibility. Lou, you and I have been on this show talking about what millennials want. Like we've explicitly this talked about it. Does this sound like what millennials want? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. We'll, That's all we want. We'll be back after this break talking about more of we work and what we want and we. <laughs> we, we, we. You're listening to Punching Out on Wayo 104.3. You can subscribe to the show or listen to past episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other podcast apps. We are also on Facebook and Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined still by Noah. Hi, y'all. And Lou. Hey, guys. We, the three of us here, have been talking about the company we, the we company, uh, over the past 20 minutes. Um, as we laid out in the, this is going to get more confusing. As I, it goes my on. head already hurts. Um, <laughs> also, do we do do we owe what's his face uh, copyright or royalties every time we we say we? This is getting annoying. That that's probably what he would like us to owe him. Ooh. Um, this is a problem. WeWork is this company that has uh, gone public and lost a bunch of money in the process. And then gone unpublic. Yeah. The, sort of. All of this, as we've mentioned so many times on uh, Punching Out, is confusing and confusing for a reason. It mm-hmm. is um, financial nonsense that most most of you don't really have a reason to care about, except that all this financial nonsense trickles down to workers i think that's that's the vital thing we started out talking about why are we talking about this you know this is something that presumably the majority of our listeners have no reason to care about and the unfortunate case is that well the great recession was a housing thing right Mm -hmm. uh the recession of 2007 and you know the the people who did that they weren't chastened by it they didn't learn anything by it Mm -hmm. because we failed to punish them so the result of that is that they've just tried to find new ways to do the same thing. And real estate is always going to be one of the classic ways to do that because if you want to live or work or eat or anything, you need somewhere to do those things. You need a place. And, and we have a society where private ownership of land is allowed. So mm-hmm. as a result, we get this. And we work is just kind of the latest iteration in this stuff. It behooves us to know who the villains are ahead of time because they are trying to repeat 2007 in perpetuity. They want to do this forever. That's the world they want because they know that they will walk away with money in their pockets Mm -hmm. and the rest of us won't. Speaking of money in their pockets, uh, the WeWork CEO who was recently exiled from the company to the tune of $1.7 billion. Adam Newman is uh, going to be the subject of this segment. Um, no parachute has ever been more golden. Mm. He is um, particularly a particularly good villain for us because be- his vision extends far beyond just we work. It It is all-encompassing in a lot of ways. And where, where to begin? Yeah, he's, he's astounding. Uh, he... I, it takes a special sort of supervillain to essentially run your company into the ground and then get almost $2 billion out of it to just go away. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it, it's on another level from, entirely. From the same article that uh, Ryan was quoting mm-hmm. earlier, it's a Vanity Fair article by mm-hmm. Bess Levin, uh, filed September 18th. So let's see, here's here's just some quick hits. Um <laughs> Newman has said that if he ran for anything, it would be president of the world. <laughs> uh, he has. <laughs> I didn't read this article. Sorry. Yeah, he was insisted that we, the company, will eventually be worth many times seventy-two point air quotes the forty-seven billion dollar valuation it reached earlier this year, and this is how you know you're reading good reporting before falling off a cliff and breaking every bone on the way down. It's now valued at eight billion. You know. Yes. Yeah. Much less. Uh, which they just gave basically a quarter of that to Newman to just leave the company alone. Mm-hmm. Except he's still an observer on the board, and as we covered, some of that money is in consulting fees, whatever. 
Newman, who again runs a co-working space, told employees at last year's quote-unquote summer camp that the influence and impact we are going to have on this earth is going to be so big, proposing that the company could solve the problem of children without parents <laughs> and from there pivot to ending world hunger. My man was to disrupt orphanages. Oh, my God. He, th- to put this in perspective, uh, this this is a man who looks like the love child of Tommy Wiseau and Bill Hader, <laughs> and he's trying to remake himself into the Messiah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there is – he is the weirdest person I think we've ever covered on this show. And just it because it sounds so familiar is uh, – did you see the thing on, on Twitter going around about why Mar- Mark Zuckerberg has that stupid haircut? Oh, because he thinks he's Augustus Caesar? Yes. So yeah. so this is a common trait in uh, new tech CEOs. Yeah. That makes perfect century. sense, too, because Augustus Caesar couldn't see the sight of blood and made other people do his work for him. To all our listeners out there, please remember this and think back on it the next time you hear somebody hero worship any of these idiots. That is that is something that I think is very vital to the last couple of years that we've just discovered that these people are just strange. You know, I think, off. yeah, I think yeah. Elon Musk would have gotten away with his shtick a lot longer had he not started making so many public appearances. If he didn't have Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> probably. You know? That alone, because the, again, to go back to what I, uh, to go back to what I said last time. And, and at least the Twitter isn't run by a weird guy at all. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. Super totally normal. not a dude who goes off to random monasteries in the middle of, uh, in the middle of South Asia to like fast and recover his energy or something and not ban, and not ban Nazis. But again, to the to the thing about how the fact that these people are allowed to continue to thrive, not just exist but thrive, is a failure of our ethics as a society, right? Um, these are people who have never been told no by someone with enough power to give teeth to that denial. Mm -hmm. And so Newman has been allowed to continue overvaluing and fuzzy logicking and and enroning this company Mm -hmm. into this balloon of epic proportions. And even now that he has failed, because that's the thing. I think I said this in the private equity episode, but – these companies cast themselves as risk takers, as disruptors, as people who live on the bleeding edge. And that's what's attractive to the people who hero yeah. worship, people like Musk, people like Newman, uh, people like who the heck else we were just talking about, Dorsey. Yeah. Uh, that's what they treasure about these people. They think that these are people who are constantly you know, one step away from absolute disaster because they think this is a dot-com boom or something. Right. And the truth is that almost all of these people, should they fail, will get bailed out by all of their friends – who are all part of the same class, who all have solidarity with each other. Adam Newman is going to do perfectly fine for the rest of his life unless we make it not that. Right. Like given the current conditions, given the current society we live in, he will forever have billions upon billions of dollars to sleep on. He will be laughing this failure off all the way to the bank for the rest of his life. Sorry, I'm just imagining what his comeback is going to be like. <laughs> The company he's going to make next. <clears throat> he's going to disrupt orphanages, remember? He yeah. That. Uh, well, we, well, he's already – we're getting to that in a second here. But yeah. hey, let's start with this We Live, which is an offshoot of We Work, part of the larger We Company. Oh, um, God. <laughs> words have no meaning anymore. Effectively, it's a communal housing thing that uh, is – created by WeWork and launched in 2016 to offer the young people of New York City and D.C. the ability to live with other young, rich idiots. It's a youth hostel for $15,000 a year. Yep. That, that can't put it any better than that. It's a college dorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, quoting from a Gizmodo article written at, that, written at the time of its launch, uh, quote, for the hefty starting prices of thirteen seventy five for an individual bed, two thousand for a private room, and twenty five fifty for a studio, you can be one of the first people to try out what future generations will likely point to as the day everything went to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Throw in an extra 125 and you'll find yourself with high-speed internet, snazzy Bose speakers, a lot of beer, and wellness classes. Uh, Classic. So this good. is this is Adam Newman being like, I wish I knew how the other half lived. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Let's pretend to slum it for a while. That's yeah, what exactly. But but not me. I won't slum it. No. I'll make other people slum it, and then if I want to, I can sort of get in. Also, I forgot this. It just popped up here. Uh, my phone did a weird thing. I forgot to mention this. In 2018, Newman announced via video call that the company was banning meat, saying employees could still eat it but couldn't expense meals involving animal flesh. And again, good reporting, open parentheses, Newman, naturally, has allegedly since been seen eating the offending item. <laughs> of course. Because none of these people live by their own rules. Yeah. So it's it's the tech craziness again where Uber just invents a bus. Uh, they've invented... Right. They've uh, invented dorms. Yeah, they've invented dorms. Congratulations. Correction, we've invented dorms. It's <laughs> uh, too much. And then there's... I, I also love this quote from the co-founder of WeWork. Mm -hmm. uh, a desk for 350 a month in a common area is not as cheap as a coffee shop. Let's start with the fact that a desk should be like 350, period, for like mm -hmm. a good one. And then... But a lot of people would say they're empowered by that environment in a way that makes it worth it. So basically, he's saying we live is like retail therapy for people who have too much money. Yeah. People who need their money taken away. Mm -hmm. It Like the, the whole – we we did not cover this last segment. We probably should. The problem I have with WeWork besides it's just being stupid is they are selling themselves to a certain category of people – that are wealthy mm -hmm. and the the what what they call it in their mission statement the uh like upper income earners or something high earners high, high earners. earners high earners uh as opposed to low earners everybody else mm -hmm. like the the uh, high earners are the ones they're looking for they're looking for the the millennials who make $200,000 a year and and they are the ones that are go-getters but they like th these are not the people who are forced into the gig economy this is not the gig economy. The gig economy is somebody making twenty thousand dollars a year because they are working five jobs, mm -hmm. or because and working five jobs. The, the gig economy is somebody who is at the mercy of six different people, all of whom have distinct claims on their labor, and all of whom have like absolute power over them. The people that Newman and the We Company are going after are people who have who want to think that they have those constraints but actually don't. Right. This is something that very much annoys me about this. Our society has one way to tell you how much you matter, how much it thinks your opinions are worth and your humanity is worth, and that is through how much you get paid. Society has given us one metric for determining how much people matter, Absolutely. and Adam Newman and the We Company are absolutely picking who they think matters. Because exactly. this We Live thing, it's not about creating community in the traditional sense. It's about excluding the rabble. Because if you if they're doing this in New York City, for example, mm -hmm. most new construction has to allow for mixed income housing. But by creating this communal living space, they don't have to do that. They can skirt that. So your community is only going to be other people who have the same habits that you do, who have the same salary that you do, who have the same, I don't know, attitudes about things that you do. And quite frankly, most of them are going to be pretty terrible. Yeah. Judging by the kind of people that this company is trying to attract. Well, not trying to attract. They, they're, they're already there. So we talked about We Live. Mm -hmm. So the We, we Company. We work. Well, we work. I, I do want this last little bit. Okay. Uh, okay. According to the company's blog post, the idea behind the setup is simple. We Live challenges conventional apartment living by creating homes within a community that are designed to bring people together. No one needed to challenge apartment living. That wasn't a thing. It's not the green knight. You didn't need to go <laughs> joust it. That's the thing. Like these people are inventing things to get mad at at this yeah. point. I will joust landlords though. I can't wait until somebody tries to disrupt air. We breathe. Well, yeah. That's going to happen. <laughs> All right. So uh, we live. They also have this, this thing called we grow. Ugh. This one's the brainchild of Rebecca Newman, who is the chief branding officer made up <laughs> chief branding officer curse uh, title <laughs> she's also the uh spouse of 
Adam Newman. So, and to be clear, she's a founding partner of WeWork. Yes. Like, let's make clear what all of her roles mm-hmm. in this company have been. Yes. So she's right up there in the Kool-Aid. And in the Vanity Fair article, I believe it mentions that she has a reputation for firing people minutes after meeting them because she, and I quote, didn't like their energy. Oh, my God. Anyway, so she was disappointed. Uh, this comes from another Gizmodo article uh, from 2017. Uh, she was disappointed with the elementary school options for her kids in New York and the West Coast, coast for her. I was going to say, not kids. Right, for her, quote, unquote, natural entrepreneurs. That's what I'm calling all of my students like from now on. No, okay, it gets better. So uh, <laughs> she goes on, the article goes on to say. This quote. It's so good. Uh, these children come into the world. They are very evolved, and they are very special. Stable geniuses. <laughs> yeah, they're spiritual. They're, they're all natural entrepreneurs, natural humanitarians. And then it seems like we all squash it out of them in the education system. Then we ask them to be disruptive and find it again after college. The thing is, she's not – so if you talk to people who work with young children a lot, right, she's not entirely wrong, uh, like no, kids, but she does wrong things with that. No, no, absolutely. Because the problem is the part she's not realizing is that the reason her quote unquote natural entrepreneurs are gonna have all of that humanitarian and entrepreneurial spirits squashed out of them is the parents they have, mm-hmm. who are still going to be the biggest influence on them. Like, it, it, I'm not saying that the education system in the United States is you know all unicorns and rainbows, but definitely the biggest influence on a kid is still largely like what it's still largely like parental availability like what you know they're they're and if you have adam and rebecca newman for parents oh boy well at least you're evolved yeah you're <laughs> Yeah, you you are you are the next level of humanity apparently. Uh, you know, there's nothing weird about that. Doesn't sound of no, eugenics at she, all. She she goes on to say that that her kids are part of the we generation. Don't like that. Ugh. <laughs> there's nothing Stop. good. Stop. It's so great. I love it. So, uh she goes on to describe there's a she starts a pilot program for seven kids. Um that they spend 4 days of the school week in a school in New York City and then go and spend one day a week working at a farm in upstate New York, New York upstate, so Linden Farms, uh, which they bought, the Newman's bought out for $15 million. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how they're going to get their entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, She then says, one eight-year-old girl reportedly made made T-shirts and then sold them at the student-run farm stand. Now that girl plans to apprentice under a fashion designer who operates their business out of a WeWork space. So cool. Cool. Synergy. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I love to pawn my kids off on people who are beholden to me for their economic security. Yeah, so um, much fun. If it's, uh, I love this. This is this is especially dystopian. If its dream is realized, then we grow children can graduate into WeWork's entrepreneurs, live at We Live communal housing projects, learn how to be healthy from the recently launched and ungrammatical Rise by We, and raise even more We Grow educated children. Okay, so let me ask you a quick question. I know Lou hasn't. Ryan, have you seen the movie High Rise? I've not. It's We Live the Movie. Which is interesting because it's based on a novel that came out ages ago, but it is an apartment complex that was supposed to provide, you know, all your necessities and everything. The point of the novel is that it breaks down into horrifying civil war between the upper and the lower floors, precisely because this whole community idea only goes so far. And uh, I don't think either of the Newmans has read this. I don't know that they can read. I mean, that's fair. Um, That would require – yeah, they can't do math. We already know that. But anyway, no, this is – yet again, I keep coming back to this. This is feudalism. It's the idea that you should be subject to a corporate overlord for basically everything, that they give you everything out of their own beneficence. So if you get to – I don't know. If you get an apartment, it's because they give you one and then you pay them for it. If you get to work somewhere, it's because you pay them for it. If you get to you know, get your kids educated, it's because you pay them for it. Mm -hmm. If you want to eat food because Adam Newman wants to solve world hunger, guess what? We eat. You have to pay them for it. So there's just no limit to the ambitions of this class of people and that's kind of a problem – um, for the rest of us, I think, broadly mm-hmm. speaking, because increasingly 
so much of our lives is being are being run by people that we never meet, we never see, who should have zero effect on our lives and instead have all of it. And this is just the weirdest, oddest person to have that distinction. Right. I mean, a lot of this stuff about WeGrow sounds a lot like some of the more – it's not alone in being a weird private school that does – Oh, 100%. You know, I would organic argue, farming and whatnot, and you know, there's merit to some of that, I'm sure. But there's, I, I guess, what's galling is that this is how the other half lives. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and let me be clear: as somebody who teaches children that are not quite of this class for the most part, but like a couple steps below it, that quote about oh, the children are spiritual, natural entrepreneurs, natural humanitarians, and we squash it all out of them in the education system, blah, 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 blah. It's exactly what my bosses keep telling us, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's interesting to me that the children of the poor and the middle class are treated as potential threats, you know, by the education system, especially students of color. They have to be treated with zero tolerance. They have to be put through the ringer. They have to, you know, go through metal detectors and everything. But rich kids, oh, they're natural entrepreneurs. They're ready to start creating their life's work when they're five. Teachers just get in their way. That's all they ever do. You just need glorified babysitters and everything. And like the fact that that's not different from a completely, mostly really, by the book school to this kind of what people would say hippy-dippy, you know, mm-hmm. type of program should tell you something about the fact that this is just that the rich want to be treated this way. Yeah, right. they, they don't want their kids – they were never told no with enough force. They don't want their kids to ever be told no with any force whatsoever because that's literally the only improvement they can think of in their kids' lives. That's the only way apparently they could get any better. Yeah. So instead of making conditions better for all students, they're, they take the seven kids that are their friends' kids and then go stick them on a farm somewhere. To, to be fair, eventually it'll be their 65 friends' kids. Oh, 65 kids. Yeah, it's great. They're going to solve world hunger. Uh, I'm quoting from a CNN article about, about this school opening oh, up. No. Uh, quote, the children are members of WeWork's Ooh. first school. Ah, that's bad. So they pay dues, is what you're saying? Well, they do pay uh, like thirty six to forty two thousand dollars a year. What? For their, their parents, at least. I mean, yeah, duh. But well, this is actually, just no. I take again. back. I take back that duh. That's not obvious from the way they've set up this model. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's true. I'll, I'll quote. Currently, 46 kids are enrolled in classes from pre-K to fourth grade. The private school costs between 36000 to 42000 depending on the age of your child, but 60% of its students are receiving some type of financial aid paid for by WeWork, which I can't help but wonder what's happened to that financial aid in light of uh, recent news. Oh, it's almost certainly continued to go because you know what WeWork can do with that mm-hmm. is it can deduct it. That goes mm-hmm. right into the funky math again. And then you've got you've got the money coming and going because now those kids, when they apprentice to WeWork-based entrepreneurs, you can put pressure on those entrepreneurs to continue taking students, to continue taking apprentices and interns and whatever, um, who they're supposed to you know teach how to run a business without getting any remuneration for it. And then on maybe like, I don't know, a month of free rent or something. And then on the other hand, they can add the money that they're spending on that financial aid to just kind of, you know, somehow defray their, their uh, what is it, their, their uh, cost line liability. even further. And tax liability. So they've got, yeah, it's yet again an example of how the rich are able to do this coming and going because, like, you will always be able to find somebody who can do, um, what was that term, creative accounting? Yeah. Because, yeah, Ugh, this is so this crazy. Is, uh, it, this was already offensive enough the moment you mentioned that this is a school that costs what like something like 20% of the population make that or under it. Mm-hmm. So that's already just prima facie not okay. There's a Rebecca Newman quote in this article. Oh, yay. We want to make a world where people can work to make a life and not just a living, but that's part of a larger, more holistic mission to elevate the world's consciousness, to create a world where people are happy and fulfilled and living in a sharing state. We can't talk about the motion I'm making right now. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, 
a sharing state is what we want too, but that's yeah, that's a good point. Totally yeah. different matter. But we I want, think. But we want Rebecca a sh- Newman's a comrade. But we want. Uh, she's a cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow's, by the way, because oh, you didn't no. read that article either. But anyway, uh, you couldn't read that article. Sorry, let but, me not yeah, imply what not I originally open. did. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, of course, yes, we want a lot of this. Uh, that's the thing with places like WeWork. Mm-hmm. They take something that is, in theory, a good idea. Because a communal working space, if we are to continue to live in the high-tech world that we do, mm-hmm. might be a genuinely good idea. It right. might be nice to have a place where you could go and do your work, regardless of what you're working on. But it is always poisoned by the need to have somebody profit off of it. And so we grow is the same thing. Like, yes, we also want a share... We, not the company, also want a sharing state. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is that we want it shared equally between everybody, you know, mm-hmm. from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Mm-hmm. What Adam and Rebecca Newman and what all their friends want is a sharing state where everything is shared with them and they choose what to share back. Yep. And that's not acceptable. After this break, we'll be back with more stuff to get mad at, I'm sure. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Ryan, joined still by Noah. Hi, all. And Lou. Hey, guys. We've been talking about the company uh, We Work and its offshoots, We Live and We Grow, which has sort of a, it, it, it all has a cultish vibe to it, just mm. not least because the company is named the We Company. It, it's, yeah. again, it's beyond parody. Like, like operate communal working spaces and a communal school and communal living spaces and and none of it is actually communal it's crossfit but it's a corporation the thing is you could put any verb behind we and anyone would believe you that that's a real company now because of this dingus right well i mean apple to be fair started it with the we whole churn. iphone <laughs> that's a good point i didn't we what churn oh communal yeah, butter <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, Apple started this with the whole iWatch, iPhone. Hold it's up. not iWatch, sorry. Yeah, is this why weird. it's we? Because the idea is supposed to be like he's doing like a weird uh, take on it where it's, it's instead of I, it's we now. That, that is, that has to be That's it, like right? 80% probably. Correct. Right there. Yeah. yeah, he just uh, thinks this is woke. Uh, or, or he's oh, trying great. to be the what's his face Apple dude. Steve Jobs. Steve Apple, yeah. Steve Apple. Tim Apple. Tim, Tim Apple. Apple, yeah. He's trying to be his own uh, Tim Apple. Adam Wee. Great. <laughs> awesome. And I, I think what we're going to try to do in this last segment is point out that as silly as this company is, it's far from alone and doing what it does. And all of this is not really what millennials want, despite you know all of these companies' assertions that, isn't this what you want? You want this. You definitely want this, yeah. right? Yeah. This is what you want. That's how all of capitalism works is they present you with a product and go like, hey, guys, this is what you wanted. You didn't even know it existed until right this second, but it's what you wanted. You've I, always wanted this. That's the worst part to me. The fact that it's not just this is what you want now. It's the idea that you've always wanted this. You just haven't admitted it to yourself until mm-hmm. now. Because let's be clear. We're all millennials in here, right? Yeah. We yep. all qualify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about you, but – Right now, I mean, I do have a pretty steady job, decent pay, decent benefits, whatever, right? I'm fine with my working conditions to some extent, but I also realize that I am in the vast minority compared to most people in my generation. (laughs) And that it's because I picked a field where like I sabotaged my potential to make more money in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So to be fair. Yeah. But like I don't think most of us want this at all. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think most of us really relish the opportunity to be permanent freelancers, you know, yeah. which is effectively what all of this is about. It's about mm-hmm. never having a steady boss, never having a steady job. You know, 
this gets sold to, uh, to millennials as, you know, you're liberated. But now, you know, but it's not really as liberatory as it's been made out to be. Yeah. It's just. It's, it's, a, it's once again, just a scam because they're telling us this is what you want. You want the freedom to do this. But what you're giving up for that quote unquote freedom is any kind of normalcy or stability. Mm-hmm. There's a there was a quote that I saw online that somebody misinterpreted. I forget what Nordic country it was from, but they they shortened it out of context to make mm-hmm. a right wing talking point. And it was something about how what we have here is the furthest thing from uh, from a state economy or something right. like that. And what the actual longer quote was something along the lines of. Actually, individuals here are much freer than they would be in a less regulated economy mm-hmm. because the state takes care of ensuring a level playing field. I believe this was a Rand Paul book. Though. It yeah. was. That's exactly what it was. And thank you. And the thing about that is that here you can't be liberated in, in, truly if what that means is that you have to scramble to put together, you know, your own health insurance payments. If it means that you have to constantly worry that one of your... Assemble a different lineup of uh, gig economy jobs, be it Lyft Mm -hmm. or Uber or uh, Dine and Dash. DoorDash. DoorDash. Dine Dine and Dash. That would be better. Uh, We'll make that the millennial sport. (laughs) Oof. Uh, Anyway, no, it's... You are forced to... Uh, essentially rebuild what used – so a working life used to be you go to work, mm-hmm. you do this job, you do it for however many years, you retire, and then you get to enjoy retirement. With a reti- pension. With a pension. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to retire with a pension having paid off your debt and been a productive member of society, right? Mm-hmm. And we can talk about problematic framing within that whatever you want, but that was it. Now, instead, it's you will never stop working. You will forever, every day of your life, wake up, hate yourself, question your life choices, and build your working life out of these, like, crappy knockoff Legos that you've been given to deal with. Like, you don't have – and you don't have any choice in the matter, really, increasingly. Um, There's this perception that this somehow makes you freer, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty obvious, I think, to everybody that it doesn't. I guess what throws me about this is like how do you – it requires massive amounts of money and and, uh, public relations and all of that to convince people even of the appearance that someone somewhere wants this. Yeah. Well, convincing uh, people that what is real is not actually real is a large part of what these companies do. Mm -hmm. When we talk about uh, Uber and Lyft, We've said it many times on this show. They try to pretend that their workers aren't their workers. You know, they are independent contractors who definitely aren't employed by Uber. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, the companies don't classify themselves as transportation companies. You know, they say we don't have any drivers, but tell that to the hundreds of thousands of people who call themselves Uber drivers. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's at odds with reality. Their marketing speak, but. Yeah, and, and, and likewise, uh, I think we mentioned in the first segment, WeWork chooses not to be labeled a real estate company, but instead a tech company. It, it, all this is for some sort of marketing benefit that I'm not entirely clear on, but it I would, works for them. I would actually imagine that it's <laughs> it also for a legal well. benefit. Yeah, Because uh, I would imagine that if you're in the real estate industry or if you're in the transportation mm-hmm. industry, there might be laws and regulations that you have to follow oh, depending absolutely. on where you yeah. are. Yeah. Whereas if you're in the tech industry, no one wants to regulate that because the whole point is to you know let the children play in the sandbox. I, I imagine Airbnb is much the same way. They're probably oh, not 100%. calling themselves like a hospitality company. Or, they didn't yeah. even want to admit that any of those properties – were in any way connected to them until they were forced to. Right. No, absolutely. The the I think what makes these people so hateable is that we've all met someone who's like this and we all hate them. Like we've all met someone who lies to your face constantly about what they're doing. We've all met the kind of person that you could meet that would have their hand in your pocket and you would ask them what they're doing and they'd say, I don't know, picking their nose, whatever. Right? <laughs> you dropped your keys. I'm getting them there back There you to go. You. And we all hate them. But for some reason, we have continued to allow this year after year after year to exist on a much grander scale because most of us are too busy working. Mm -hmm. So we've – there's a cruel irony here in that we spend all of our lives trying to make the money that we can make 
so that we can have some standard of living. Right. Right. And then these companies promise to, in some way, shape, or form that is absolute BS, make working better for us in ways that are so shady that, like, the mob would be proud. Well, oh, I, I keep coming back to the, the famous uh, Fiverr ad, Subway <laughs> ad, yep. the, the one, you know, you have coffee for lunch, you know, pitching the idea that you will not get paid what you are deserved as a selling point rather than something to be ashamed of. Because you're supposed to, because the hustle is supposed to be its own reward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's this idea that if you are the new breed of American worker, you are somebody who gets like a weird psychosexual pleasure out of being denied fair compensation. <laughs> and I don't understand, if, if this person exists, I don't want to hear from them, but um, <laughs> please <me>. don't. <laughs> The calls are coming. A year. <laughs> the calls are coming from inside the house. Uh, <laughs> I could go like way deep on this and say it's all Protestant nonsense. You know, this idea that poverty is in itself a virtue. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm so glad we finally got the phrase Protestant nonsense on <laughs> into punching out. There's this idea that this is supposed to be like a good personal morality mm-hmm. to follow, and you're right. I sort of it, it didn't quite click that it's just recasting the same work ethic in like information age terms you mm-hmm. know it's just it it secularized this idea yeah. of, yes you know and secularized and also just it's it's a myth it's a myth you guys have talked about uh ceo work times and how they work 60 80 hours a week when working for them is like oh i'm on the treadmill now that's me yeah, working i'm meeting with five people who are all my friends and we're just kind of shooting the breeze that's yeah. work that's work well, time well that's that's absolutely the case i think i think what bothers me about this is that these are the same people who claim that we're going to make all this progress and blah 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 and again this is mm-hmm another well of mine, but this is why I think people are so willing to, um, you know, sell out the little progress that we've made on many issues uh, to elect like the worst right-wing politicians and administrations because like I'm betting you that Adam Newman thinks of himself as a progressive. Rebecca Mm -hmm. Newman thinks of herself as a progressive. All these people do. Absolutely. But they're not. Their Mm -hmm. mere existence slows progress. In, in fact, it regresses us because while we are claiming that we are making progress by somehow uh, doing all of these things, what we are actually doing is re-entrenching human cruelty. If liberalism in America takes the shape of these uh, New York and San Francisco tech bros who are reinventing the way you work by making it worse in all these obvious ways, liberalism is going to lose. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that they're never going to understand that because to go back to it, these are – like you know these people. You have met them in your lives. The difference is that the difference between your friend whom you can't trust and Adam Newman is I'm betting a good amount of parental money and just a longer career of people believing him. That's it. That's the only difference. Uh, in the In the – I know that – you know, these things are economies of scale and they don't always quite work right that way. But I really do think that this is very much that thing. Um, we, we have to ramp down from this current move to get to, uh, to tell you again that Wayo is a station that relies on support from the community. It, you know, we have unpaid volunteers doing all the work, both on Punching Out and throughout the station, who make this radio station possible. We're, we're not the only show on here. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on Wayo that you should listen to more of. Not only will you get the satisfaction of supporting local radio, but there are also perks for donating to Wayo. First of all, you get Wayo membership, which includes free attendance to Wayo events. You know, we have uh, music shows here at the studio often and elsewhere in the city. Uh, 10% off purchases at Bop Shop Records. 25% off purchases at Small World Books. You know, um, you can also, for $5 a month, you get a sticker pack. You get a shirt for $8 a month. $10 a month gets you a screen print poster, 11 by 17. 12 a month, you get a knit beanie. For 15 a month, there's a crew neck sweatshirt in it for you. And at 20 a month, you can be your name can be added to the mural here in the Whale Studio that will 
that has all the names of the people who help make this run. So awesome. I, I think those are cool benefits. I think, you know, setting aside the fact that you help keep our show from being advertised on by companies like WeWork, donate.wayofm.org. You can contribute however much you want. Thank and you. thank you. Thank you, guys. Anyways, having said all that, for this week, I'm Ryan. I'm Noah. And I'm Lou. This was Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. <laughs>